Welcome to a special edition of The Chick in Charge with Mary Parker. Today, Mary is excited to announce the grand opening of her community center, Junction 2800. It will be a game changer for Southwest Atlanta and will be a cornerstone of the area of Fulton County that is becoming known as SOFU. The Mary Parker Foundation is proud to add Junction 2800 to its ever-growing list of dedicated support for the community at large. Come join the Chick in Charge and learn what it means to give back and change your community. We can change the world. the Chicken Charge. All-in-One Security CEO Mary Parker celebrates the success of women in the world of business and in life. Mary's own humble beginnings in rural Mississippi led her to become one of the only African-American females running a multi-million dollar security firm. She is definitely the Chicken Charge. Here now is Mary Parker. Hey everybody, if you're listening to this podcast, we are so grateful that you're here. I'm Sarah Smith and I am the co-host of the Chick in Charge podcast with Mary Parker. Mary is the CEO of All-in-One Security in Atlanta, Georgia. Amazing company. Mary is also the founder of the Mary Parker Foundation. Very, very strong, amazing work with a great legacy. Check them out. And Mary is the author of the Chick in Charge autobiography. And we're so happy to have you. Mary, thank you so much for all you do for the community. We're going to talk a little bit today about what Mary is doing now. It's very, very exciting. And as I have been working with her, this story has been unfolding before my eyes. So I'm watching it firsthand, and we're going to talk about that a little bit with Mary right now. Mary, we're talking about a new venture that you have called Junction 2800. What is Junction Yay! 2800? Good morning, everyone. I certainly hope you can feel the energy because I am so excited. This has been a, this has been a project in progress now for about a year and a half. Even longer, I think. Yeah, well. In your mind. Well, yeah. But in terms of actually bringing uh, the building of the concept of Junction 2800, that is about a year and a half project. And guess what? We're having our ribbon cutting ceremony next week, Friday. October 18th. October 18th. Put it on the calendar. (laughs) And where is this building? Well, the ribbon cutting ceremony is 
in the morning, and unfortunately, we only have space space for about a hundred people, and they're already RSVP'd, and we are yep. already filled. Yeah, but we're opening for the community at one p.m., so the community can come out and see this wonderful venue and hear all about the things that are going on within the community. And by the way. Much of what's going on, the community has described themselves. Yep. So come on out between 1 and 4 to Junction 2800, Friday, October the 18th, from 1 p.m. to 4 p.m., and we'll be there to greet you. And we've got lots of information for you. And like it says in the name, Junction 2800, it, the, the location is 2800 Campbellton Road. Um, and if you want to look at that, Mary, is there a website right now that people can look at, or should they look at the Mary Parker Foundation site? Uh, yes, we do have a we have a website in progress. Got it for Junction Twenty Eight Hundred, but all the details that you'll need will definitely be there. Yeah. So again, it's Twenty Eight Hundred Campbellton Road, Southwest Atlanta, Georgia. And, and we're looking forward to seeing you there. Yep. And if you want to um, hear anything more about what's going to happen there, just just come back to this Facebook page, the Chicken Charge Facebook page, and there will be a lot of information there for you. So you won't be at a loss for anything. Okay, Mary, we're gonna we're gonna back up a little bit. Okay. Lead me today, Sarah. Oh my God. <laughs> I don't I don't think I could ever do that, but but I can help with the conversation a tiny bit because. I know how my um, understanding of what you're doing evolved from my perspective. Absolutely. It's been a year and a half for us as well. Yeah, even so a little all, bit. Yep, yeah. A little oh my bit. Gosh. I think it's actually been two years since I met you this oh, month. So much and so much has been going on yep. during that two year period. Yep. Wow. Mary showed up at the Intercontinental Hotel um, in all black with leather and this rock star hair. She came in, and I was just like, oh, my God, who is this gorgeous Oh, woman? my gosh, that's right. That was yep. lunch with you and Evie that day. Yep, yep. Evelyn yep. Mims, it one was. of my very dear friends. Ms. Mims, give a shout-out. And uh, you were, and still are, the CEO of All-in-One Security, which is what? What is All-in-One? Oh, my gosh. All-in-One Security is is my baby that's finally grown up. And what I mean by that is as a parent, you know, we tend to uh, keep our children around for a while and oftentimes we want them to go before they're ready. But I took this thing called succession planning very, very serious. I started working with my brother to transition into the company about seven years ago. And we started out all in one with... um, just myself at my kitchen table, and many people know the story. But um, we're 18 years old now, and my brother Rick Robinson is now the president. I'm currently the CEO. But the great value there is we've grown the company to a to a, a position of stability, name recognition. We have a very strong brand. So much of the work was already in place when Rick came on board. Right. But he came from educational institution. And to transform him from that mindset to that of the president of a major company was, um, it was really a great timing. Timing was perfect for that. And so I brought him in, put him with some mentors and consultants. And two years ago, 
Basically, he began running the company on a full-time base as the president, and I'm able to do my role as the CEO of All-in-One Security. And within that evolution, going from providing security officers for special events to now being a full-service security company providing personnel, technology, traffic control, lighting, just so many different uh, components of security. And we're uh, very happy, and there will be an announcement, we're adding cybersecurity to our uh, menu of services. That so, is wonderful. That, That's you know, so exciting. Just trying to keep up with the times yeah, and absolutely. ensuring that we are always able to bring exceptional value to our customers and as well as our employees uh, so that they don't choose other companies to come in to do what we can do if we are forward thinkers and if we're actually including them as our partners. Yep. It's, it's so smart that you're thinking about security in the digital world and the physical world. Very, very, very smart. Well, and, and it's nothing we can do without it. So That's right. we might as well come in and, and join forces with this. This is my industry. I've That's been right. in the security industry now. Wow, I counted the years last night, and I'm one year short of being in security for 40 years. Oh, I've my been God. In security 39 years now. Port, we have to make a note of that. We have to remember next year so we can do something cool. Yes, and, you know, <laughs> security has been such an interesting part of my life because it was nothing that I planned to do. I was working at General Motors in the manufacturing um, uh, sector, and I was about to be laid off. I had a four-year-old at the time, and she was starting to grow and needed food, so I, ne- I needed to continue with that income. And I actually, they were expanding the plant, and I actually created that opportunity pretty much myself because when I saw the construction, I also knew that they would need security, and that was my first assignment. I was a security officer at General Motors at a construction site during the renovation of one of the plants. I remember. Full circle. Yep, yep. I'm sorry. Amazing. Full circle. Go ahead. As I said that, now Junction 28. 100. 100. I've gone full circle from starting a construction project as my first assignment as a security officer to now having my own building that we're putting security inside right, of. So right. that is truly full circle. And it that was is just very, very, very exciting. It's very interesting as well and thought provoking that you have come full circle like full that, circle. like you said. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to jump back a little bit to um, you working as a CEO and getting becoming more successful, and also hiring people uh, that you knew could do the job uh, at the company. And you were doing a little bit less because you kept hiring good people and in order to grow. Yeah. Um, what made you decide to start the Mary Parker Foundation? Well, I want to go back to the point sure. of uh, succession planning. Okay. Um, and then I will answer the foundation question. Great. But one of the things I observed about organizations is sometimes their leadership stays too long. And with that, the creativity becomes a little stagnant and sometimes boring. And with the millennials and all the technology, I just needed to have people on the team that could drive us, drive the company into 
the 21st century, so to speak, and be there advising. And then I wouldn't be the one having to do it all, all the time. Right. So now we have other security experts on my team, and that's great. And Clarence, our executive vice president, is also my, he's my nephew. But Clarence has been with me 17 years. He worked as a manager with Enterprise, and I thought, hmm, that's good training. I think I want to bring you on with you, with me. So he came on. We worked Chastain Park and many others every day together. Fantastic. And now Clarence has grown up in the within the business, and he's our executive vice president. I'm so proud of both Ricky and um, and Clarence. And let's give it Bobby a shout out too. Well, Bobby, yes, Bobby works very very closely with me, and she's saying that because Bobby is my sister. You can see the pattern here with the family. Yes. In Atlanta, if you know Mary Parker, many of you also know my sister, Bobby Powell. Uh, And it's been important to me to have quality people around me that uh, were committed, first of all, to the company and to to the vision of the business. And um, that's what they're doing. They're continuing the vision. And with that, with me now being able to move out to do other things, we started the foundation actually 13 years ago, um, but we weren't, we, weren't, we weren't incorporated or anything, our first one. So we looked around the company and, you know, God was really blessing us and I wanted it to be a blessing to others just as, you know, he was filling our cups. I didn't want it to just stay there. And I asked the question whether or not we had any employees with children who could use support with book bags and school supplies. That was the beginning. That was the beginning 13 years ago with 37 kids. Wow. Uh, book bags and supplies. And there were some parents who needed uniforms, so we helped with that. And each year it just continued to build and build. And it is now the Back to School Bash uh, that Huge. is the first Saturday every year. Yep. For me, it is an opportunity to give our children one last experience before sending them back to school. Right, right. And experience that really is, it started out with 37 kids. Last year we had over 400 kids. Oh, my God. And uh, some of the adults, I must say, that back-to-school party is one of their annual outings. With it's the fantastic. Mary Foundation. And, uh, and you it, have it at your house. And we have it at the house. It's and, very personal and, and lovely. It's yeah. like a beautiful, beautiful house party. Yeah, wonderful. and the reason for that, um, anytime I have the opportunity to share of our small beginnings, I like to do so and to watch those children there on a property which God has blessed us with, and for them to have an experience like that, I hope will also have some of the same impacts on their lives as it did mine. Yes. As a child yes. in rural Mississippi without running water, no telephones. Our neighbors were the cows and the cornfields. Imagine um, that. Yep. So for me to be able to share the blessings of a property such as that with other kids, to help them dream and to present them with hope without them having to always look at entertainers, sports figures, while that is great, yeah. I also like for them to know that everyday common working people can also have a great lifestyle as well. That's such a it's good point. It's all about the four-course module that we teach in FACTS, Facts being University. focused, 
being able to analyze and assess where you are, what other things missing to help get you to your dreams, and then make a commitment. How much time is it going to take and research who are the people I need to include in my life now? And then finally, establishing strategies to accomplish those dreams. And it's a lot of work, it's a lot of time, and it involves a lot of people. So don't ever forget the importance of building relationships as we're climbing those ladders, be it corporate ladders or the ladders of success of entrepreneurship. So smart. And as Mary was just mentioning, FACS University, F-A-C-S, all in caps, university, focus, analyze, commit, and strategize, is a very special uh, umbrella piece that is under the foundation And I'm so glad you brought that up because I wanted to ask you, when did that, when did that begin? How did that begin? That is an amazing story. And it is also a very amazing journey. Okay. I served on the board with Greater Women's Business Enterprise. Greater Women's Business Enterprise. We Bank is the national organization. And during that time, we had a Rosemary Jones, Roslis. Hello, Roslis. You know, I love you, girl. But Roz Lewis is the executive director of, of uh, GWBC, and we talked about having a woman-to-woman mentoring program, and we talked about it for about a year, right, Yvonne? We talked about it for about a year, and finally I said, okay, I'll do it. That was one of the first times I stepped up to a leadership role outside of my company, and it was also one of the best decisions I made to get involved and, you know, just kind of let my wings flap a little bit and have something to leave my footprint. So I started, uh, this concept actually came to me then through a program called Easy, and that was GWBC's program. Okay. Well, after five years, we graduated about 75 women um, within the organization, and they went on to do bigger and greater things, and I thought, wow, this is a wonderful thing. Now I need to move on to something else. And I wanted to just find my way within GWBC and some of the other organizations, but I no longer did uh, easy with them. Then Mayor Reed was going to have 20, he was going to create 20, and I, I believe he did, 20 women millionaires under his administration. And I thought, huh, we could use something like this for Mayor Reed, but the timing wasn't great. Was My timing wasn't great, and they'd already chosen another program. I tried to give that program away four times. Wow. Okay. And finally, I said, okay, Lord, I know this is a good program. It is a proven track record, and I know it works. But why can't I give it away? And that still voice inside me that we call the Holy Spirit spoke and said, because I gave that to you for you to do. And that was the evolution of FACS University, which is a comprehensive entrepreneurial training program where we really focus on women business owners, but entrepreneurs as a whole. And the objective is to teach smaller businesses how to really concentrate and develop into being the CEO or CEO of their own companies. I love that story. And I love how you created this for women as the chick in charge yourself. So what came first, facts or the chick in charge? The chick in charge actually came first. Ah, okay. That's I didn't the know that. The chick in charge, okay. my book came first. And 
You know, once I wrote the book, it was, that's not enough. So you write a book, people read your book, you give all this information, but there's no place to follow up to get what you're talking about. And I thought, hmm. So my daughter was here visiting. She was, my daughter is also a published author and she's a speaker. That's right, that's right. So we were talking about some ways that she could really promote her book. And then we started talking about focus. And we, I've got my board out and we're charting these things down and all of a sudden we've got the perfect acronym. Right. Focus, analyze, commit, and strategy. The facts of an entrepreneur. And that's where it all started. And you know something magical about my kitchen, too? Most of my greatest ideas, and especially things that have moved forward and become very successful, starts in my kitchen. So interesting. Yeah. Why? Why is that? Well, I suppose for one reason, that's a great place. That's something great to use my kitchen for. Absolutely, since I don't have time to do much cooking. Oh my God, <laughs> she's she's having uh, she's having genius ideas in her kitchen uh, while not cooking. Yeah, well, we're still cooking up a food, but we're feeding it in a different way. I love it. I love that analogy. That's so good. Um, you say write a book like it's just snap your fingers, write a book, and there are so many people who want to do that. And don't know how to start. They, it just seems like such a monumental task. And I've heard you talk a little bit about how you did it. And um, I still am just amazed by the discipline. But I'd really love for you to tell everybody listening, you know, how did you, how did you get this book done? How did you decide to do this book? You know, my daughter is probably one of my greatest cheerleaders, and she's also one of the people who inspired me the most. And very talented. Yes. Very Um, talented. My daughter and and my granddaughter are both creatives. And we can start a conversation, and through those conversations, I can leave with the comfort of knowing that I can do it. Uh, We grew up, when I say we grew up, my daughter and I grew up on a scripture that says, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. And we believe it. When I decided to write the book was in several folds. One, it was a responsibility to my godmother who had died five years before. She left me with 10 things on my li- on her oh my list, God. on her list her for me to list. Do. Right. <laughs> and I completed all of them. The Good for book you. was the fifth year. And I decided, well, it's time to get the book done. Yeah. Uh, but I still didn't know how or what to do. When I got serious about writing the book, I set the date to launch it. So I set the celebration before I started the book. And once I give people a date, a deadline, when I say a deadline, I'm going to meet it. Okay. So the, uh, the 29th of January, 2016 was my, was my launching date. I had not started the book. So now I've got to go and decide, well, how am I going to get this done by, you know, I've got about, I think it was six months, six or seven months. Okay, what do we do? First thing I've got to do is decide what type of book I'm going to write. And I decided I had a very, I thought, I and still believe that I have a very interesting story. You do. It has been, you know, climbing up that rough side of the mountain. But there were so many points on the way up that mountain that there was a landing pad. So I didn't have to try and get there all at once. And that was what I applied to right, writing my book. Right. 
And I decided, okay, it has to have a beginning and a middle and an end. And I thought about stories of my childhood, which were very, very interesting stories. And that would be my beginning. The middle was a lot of the transitional parts of my life. And then the end was now to tell people how to start their businesses and give some chick tips along the way. Yep. Um, And then I decided, what is the best day of the week for me in terms of my time and my creativity? And it's always a Monday. Always Monday. And I, so I set a schedule for six months, Monday mornings from 9 a.m. until 1 p.m. That was my writing time or my thinking time or my talking time. I used my phone to take notes. I bought, um, I think it was Dragon so that you just speak. I did very little writing. Okay. And so I used dic- dictation and right. transcribing software right. to get it done. And it was really amazing. I remember one day I sat in my office and recorded for two hours nonstop. I just closed my eyes and started telling the story. And at the end of once you compile all of that, now you go back and look at the pieces to see what matches. Which part of the story do I have all over the place that I can bring together? Right. And then I finally had someone to assist me and actually putting the book together. And editor. editor. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. And so that's how it happened for me. Fantastic. But one thing happened once I brought on, you know, t- talking to different people, is I learned how to colorize. I learned how to col- paint the picture of my story. Okay. So if I told the story of my grandfather and, you know, his uh, bootlegging moonshine. Yep. I wanted my readers to be able to imagine me as a four-year-old little girl trotting behind my grandfather and to be able to hear those right. footsteps and, you know, see the reflections from the moon as we were going into the woods. And Unbelievable. I, I, I told the story, I've told the story and shared it many times, but never with that type of visual. Right. And never with that type of knowing. I wasn't always clear that my listeners would see what I was saying. But I think throughout the book, I was able to accomplish that. And that's something you that- You did, because when you just said that, I remember reading about that. Yeah. And I I have a visual in my mind about what that looked like, what it felt like, what it smelled like, everything. Yeah. So you did a good job, Thank Mary. Thank you, Sarah. <laughs> good, because I'm working on another one now. Excellent. But you know, the other thing uh, about writing the book for me, especially since it was more or less my memoir, was to tell those stories. And as you're, because I don't think we go back and reflect often enough. Okay. And when I did it, I found a lot of missing pieces. Right. That helped me understand, better understand why I'm who I am today. Because it doesn't start with success. It has a beginning and it just continues to drive you to that point of success. But right. you've got to have some starting points. And it's great to be able to connect those stories and memories to who you are today. That was a great thing for me when I went back. And I went back to Mississippi and actually stood on the property where uh, my grandmother's homestead. Mm. And when I was there, I could smell, I could smell the aroma coming from her kitchen and looking across the pastures and seeing my uncles and knowing exactly where the gardens were. And the greatest memory of all was when grandma taught me, when I asked the question, 
why do we can so much food? So we had a garden, we collected it and canned everything. I was one of the dishwashers. We had to make sure we cleaned all those mason jars so that we could refill them. That was one of the greatest memories. And her answer, when I asked why we have to do it all the time, was, baby, and don't you ever forget this, but you always want to have more than enough to ensure that those who don't have much has enough. I see the kids in the street, but not enough to eat. Who am I to be blind, pretending not to see them eat? I saw us disregard a broken bottle top and a one-man's soul. They follow each other on the wind, you know, because they got nowhere to go. That's why no one yet to know. I'm starting with the man in the mirror. I'm asking him to change his way. Okay, that is the perfect segue to introducing and Sarah Junction. That was a that was a piece. Had I not gone back and heard those words, mm-hmm. I probably would have not understood as clearly today why I do some of the things I do, especially from you know on the uh, from giving, and that brings us right back to Junction. 2,800, and why I had to do this. Um, We talked a little bit last week about your vision, and I'm hoping you can share the vision for Junction 2,800. Yes. Well, first of all, I wanted to call it the melting pot. Right. You guys know we have the melting pot fondue, and and my team would not allow me to mix our brand with a brand that is so well-established. I still think we would have done fine. The reason for that is because we're bringing Junction 2800 to a community. And it is a community where I was informed that we abandoned them. I was informed by the community that they are ready and they want to do better. But we've all left, and we've left them there without resources. And now that they're ready, they want somebody to come back to help them. And guess what Mary Parker said? I guess I'm that girl. And so we are on our way back with Junction 2800, which is really a full service of services for the community. We have partnered and Collaboration is the way to go today. Right. Uh, we have we're partnering with, you know, banks and we're partnering with people to with credit repairs. We're looking at businesses and the type of businesses that are within the community. I'll give you an example. I received a call just before coming on the air this morning from one of my mentees. This young man started with me about 15 years ago. Came to my house to cut my grass. I have a big yard. He had one small push lawnmower. The blades were dull, and he did a horrible job. Oh, my God. But I didn't fire him. I said, you have the personality, you have the energy that I can work with if you want to grow. But the first thing you've got to do if you're going to market to me and people, other people, you've got to have the right equipment. Hello. You can't go in tearing people's yards when we're looking to you to build our yards to the next level. 
Well, that young man 15 years ago, one push lawnmower and dull blades, now has two trucks. Oh, my God. 36 people, and we just landed a major contract for him that has 13 locations. Fan. Okay, and that's an entrepreneurial success story. Absolutely. So coming into the community, we're going to find, we have lots of businesses like our like story. Yep. Those are the people we want to work with. Job creations, it was art. One person is now 37. Right. But I also took that business, this landscaping business, hired a manager, passed that off, and he's now doing construction renovation. Guess who's doing Junction 2800? The same young man. Amazing. He's now learned painting, uh, drywalling, everything that you do for interior build-out. He's doing that at my building right now and doing an exceptional job. So to take businesses within the community to create jobs and create revenue and keep it within the community, yeah. I can't tell you how important that is. It's so important. And so I'm doing it. We've, inter- we've, we've talked to many of the hairstylists. Well, they're employees. They're not entrepreneurs. But we're helping them to understand, okay, you've got a salon. Why not create a, a really nice upscale, full-service salon? Right. I would love to be able to go get my hair done, get right. my makeup, my feet, everything, and a massage in one location. Yep. But people, I think, stop too soon Okay. because they need to see. Yeah. If you're not a visionary, you can't see. Right. You've just got to have focus, continue to assess where you are, what right. you have to work with, what you need, what, who do you need to bring on your team, and when do you need to build that team. Right. Then you need to make the commitment that I'm going to do this. But you got to know what the end is that you're expecting. It's wonderful. If you're just working every day and you don't have a picture of what it looks like at the end, yep. you're not going to reach the end. And people that, um, especially entrepreneurs, that uh, start to come to programs at Junction 2800 and opt in for the educational opportunities that you're going to have and speakers are going to find some amazing, amazing resources. And, And Mary, we have to log off. Uh, so please we leave have to us. log off now yeah, already. Yep, that I know. Time? I oh know. My gosh, see how time flies. We didn't even like. There's so much more to, to talk about with we'll have with to Junction Twenty Eight Hundred. Absolutely. Yeah, but so leave us with you, a parting thought on Junction Twenty Eight Hundred. Junction Twenty Eight Hundred is the place. Yep. where people and opportunities connect. Wow, so excited, it's Mary. The place and. Uh, and we're going to do the dang thing. I know. We're raising other generations in the areas of education, entrepreneurial. We're going to have a juvenile justice center there. I can go on and on and right. on. But log on. We're going to have all the information there. When you can attend our workshops, seminars, you can come in to rent space. We've got three event spaces where you can have banquets that will seat up to 1,200 people right in southwest Atlanta. We're bringing it home, and we are counting on you to support everything that we're doing it, because it's for you from us. And who are you? I am Mary Parker, the chick in charge. We can